October 22nd, 2022. Halfcast 364, episode 364. Let's go. Of course, I have a few things to share with you guys. An evening of reflection. Shall we? Teacher hid missing boy in her home for two years, police say. This is not one of those endearing mommy and daddy can we keep it moments when they find a kitten hidden in your backpack. This is a whole human being with a social security number. registered to a whole nother set of human beings. A California public school teacher has been arrested after police say she hit a teenager who had been reported missing for two years, the Sacramento County Sheriff's Office said. What's interesting to me is how could this kid have gone two years without being noticed by a neighbor or anyone because if she wasn't quote unquote kidnapping him or holding him into any captivity, he would have to have at least a little bit of out side time whether it was forced or coerced it still sounds like some type of abduction and i'm not talking about little green men <laughs> sorry holga castillo Oliveira, 61 faces charges of detention of a minor with the intent to conceal from a parent and contributing to the delinquency of a minor police said Oliveras is described as a teacher at the alice bernie waldorf inspired k-8 school though the boy she is accused of sheltering does not appear to have been her student at the time Cops say she hit him. According to Kate Smith, the boy's guardian, Oliveras is the mother of one of his friends, KCRA reports. If you're trying to make some sort of sense out of it, I can see his friend coming to his mom and telling him, hey, I have a friend that's having a real rough time at home. Can he just stay over a couple nights? Not a couple years, though, but a couple nights. I can see something like that happening. The bizarre saga began in May 2020 when the 15-year-old reportedly left his home after after an argument, police say he was reported missing that June. Then in March 2022, he suddenly returned and asked to move back home. The glaring issue here is without any signs of physical abuse or any other type of abuse to a 15 year old, an argument at home could easily mean someone just telling them to pick his clothes up off the floor and get good grades in school. And oh no, make no mistake about it, if there wasn't any abuse back then before he left after being missing for two years, with all this child trafficking going on and nonsense in the world showing up at the doorstep unharmed <laughs> just putting the walk back in there would definitely be some abuse now Having people fearing the worst had happened, Oliveras has been placed on administrative leave by the school district pending an investigation. KCRA reported she was still in police custody as of Saturday evening and ineligible for bail. According to jail records, her next court date was scheduled for Monday. It was not immediately clear if she had hired a lawyer. You can't just hide someone's kid and think that's okay. <laughs> 
reach out. Let me know what you think about this story. I think her heart may have been in the right place, but she just went about it in every conceivable wrong way possible. Next up, NYPD seeks suspect in Queens Manhattan bank robbery spree says he's netted $15,000 in 18 jobs. $15,000 divided by 18 jobs is $833 per job. Who the hell was he robbing? The janitor or the snack machine? Because he damn sure wasn't hitting the vault. Police are on the hunt for a serial bank robber. <laughs> Dillinger would be rolling over in his grave right now. They say has netted $15,000 in a two-borough crime spree that began in April. The suspect has hit banks in Queens and Manhattan, first targeting the Queens County Savings Bank in Woodhaven, Queens, around 10 a.m. on April 5th. So from April to October is a little bit under seven months. Let's say seven months. So $15,000 in seven months at $833 per job leaves him with about $2,100 a month. I say that because that's still not beating out someone with just an okay paying job that's willing to work a few extra hours per week. In that robbery, police said the suspect demanded money from a teller by handing over a black bag and a note saying, I'm not joking, I will shoot everyone. At what he's making per robbery, I don't think he would want to waste the bullets is really cutting into his bottom line. The most unsuccessful successful bank robber in history has to be. The rest of his heists have followed the same pattern. Cop said his biggest score allegedly came October 8th. Here we go. When he grabbed $2,600. <laughs> That's claiming a child on a tax return money <laughs> from a Chase branch on Broadway near West 96th Street on Manhattan's Upper West Side. Its latest score came Tuesday when he heisted a TD bank on Broadway near West 158th Street in Washington Heights for $530, said police. At $530, you're making less than the guys who go around collecting those scooters that everybody leaves around town. <laughs> Anyone with information is asked to call Crime Stoppers. All calls will be kept confidential. If you really want to shake the tree and piss them off, offer a thousand dollar reward. <laughs> Next up, man accidentally recorded himself plotting wife's kidnapping. That's two shows back to back. We've had husbands try to kill their wives and failed, which should be a message to all you out there that if you don't want to be married anymore, just leave. <laughs> just leave. Even if you don't smoke, go out for cigarettes, never come back. Even if you lactose intolerant, go out for milk and never come back. Grow yourself a beard and send her a letter in the mail about 45 to 90 days later explaining your differences. Please don't listen to me. <laughs> Shonda Hanley and her daughter Isabella Cumberland were at their home on a quiet street in Lafayette, Louisiana on August 6, 2017 when two men appeared at their front door. At first glance, they looked like delivery men, which was a welcome interruption since Hanley had been anxiously awaiting a clothes steamer she had ordered. I was so excited, Hanley told David Banyard, CBS News lead national correspondent and 48 Hours contributor. I was like, oh my steamer. 
Her joy was transformed into terror when, instead of dropping off a package, the two men held Hanley at gunpoint, handcuffed her, and threw her into the back of a van. This was a horribly devised plan, which is a good thing because the lady is okay today. But the target was so specific, they didn't even try to make it look random. It was so specific that you almost knew who sent them right off the bat. They hooded me. As soon as I went into the van, Hanley said, it was a van that didn't have the windows in the back. Cumberland watched helplessly as the men sped off with their mother as they're driving away with her. Did you think that was the last time you'd ever see her? Banyard asked Cumberland. I thought there was a chance. Cumberland answered. Hanley said one of the abductors was straddling her in the back of the van, forcing pills into her mouth while the other erratically drove them out of town. She recounted beginning to lose consciousness as she says the men threatened to sexually assault and then kill her. Driving erratically in a white van with no windows with a kidnapped victim them in the back. <laughs> It's only a matter of time before you get pulled over. And I started praying, Hanley recounted. Her prayers were answered when Deputy Chad Martin with the Iberville Parish Sheriff's Office, who had just clocked out of work and was unaware of Hanley's kidnapping, nearly 60 miles away, spotted the van and attempted to make a traffic stop. See? <laughs> they were driving so Stupid, an off-duty cop had to stop him. The kidnappers exited the highway and tried to get away. After making a turn onto a dead-end road, they got stuck in the mud and continued to flee on foot. As Martin investigated the van, he discovered a barely conscious Hanley in the back. She looked at me, Martin recounted. She said, are you the real police? Are you the one that's going to kill me? Martin assured Hanley that she was safe. A day later, her kidnappers' remains were discovered in a waterway, not far from where they had abandoned in the van having drowned as they attempted to escape these were idiots through and through From start to finish, even then, Hanley believed that the mastermind behind the plot was still at large and a danger to her. Something romantic in me wouldn't mind hearing that her and that deputy went out on a date after all this was over. She had said that she believed that her husband is the one that had paid them to kill her. I hope he either paid cheap or only paid half up front because that was his poor performance. Martin recalls Hanley telling him shortly after her rescue. Investigators began looking into Hanley's estranged husband because it's always the spouse Michael Hanley and discovered that in the months leading up to the abduction Shanda had called the police numerous times on Michael and had even been granted a restraining order I've expressed my thoughts on protective orders and restraining orders they're supplemental at best if someone really wants to harm you a gun might stop them a dog might stop them something to bust them upside the head might stop them but a restraining order is just a piece of paper nothing more they also found a rapidly accumulating list of evidence pointing to his involvement in the kidnapping itself you don't say <laughs> they learned he had rented the van a day before the abduction <laughs> and had also purchased the handcuffs used to restrain Hanley during it he was arrested after a four-day manhunt he was charged with multiple kidnapping counts as well as conspiracy to commit second-degree murder the only thing that was missing from the evidence bag was a picture of him on the dashboard of the van 
Then, as prosecutors were building their case, Shonda made a damning discovery of her own while she was cleaning out a remote property the couple owned in Mississippi. It was a camera that Michael had been using for security, but with a motion-activated recording feature, it turns out he had accidentally turned the camera on himself. All put together, what did the camera record? Murder. <laughs> ben Yard asked Shonda, I mean hundreds of hours, she responded, that had to be hell to comb through. Prosecutor Kenny Herbert watched the month's worth of video documenting the time leading up to the kidnapping. Bear said that on at least one occasion, Michael was recorded expressing how his wife needed to die. What I fail to understand every time is why does the spouse always have to die? Why can't they just shake hands at the end of 15, 20 years and say, hey, we tried it. It wasn't all bad in a video clip from just two weeks before the abduction michael was caught on camera with one of the kidnappers sylvester Bracy, planning shonda's abduction while they chatted in a living room of the mississippi property a bear said michael hanley specifically says it's almost impossible for anyone to get in here a bear said to which Bracy responds and it'll be impossible for her to get out wow on top of the other physical evidence a bear said they now had documented proof michael had plotted shonda's kidnapping the Theorizing his ultimate plan, there was nothing ultimate about that plan at all. was to have her killed. I thought I must have done something right in the world, Abert said about the video evidence. In July of 2021, Michael Hanley pleaded guilty to second-degree kidnapping and was later sentenced to 35 years in prison. A small relief to Shonda, who said she fears the day her now ex-husband will eventually walk out of prison. I'd rather he never get out, Shonda said. Once Michael's out, I'm no longer free. I would be a little bit more concerned with him trying to pull some strings to have something happen to this woman within his jail sentence but not after his jail sentence if he lives that long to serve it all out fun show fun show fun show that being said i'm going to wrap this one up but i'll be sure to talk to you guys very very soon adios